Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we talk about Amazon willing to sell you anything, anywhere, anytime. We also talk about those clever Sony bastards, Uber making another billion. We talk about Firefox for iOS, Fiber in Austin, Steam going live, and so much more. It's a fantastic episode of Don't Panic, and it begins right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 73, recorded December 8th. 2014 on live steaming Amazon now and I Firefox <laughs> yes as as they giggle at the cleverness of what I've put together ladies and gentlemen this is don't panic the technology podcast now available on laserdisc uh, I'm your host Sean Jennings and I'm joined by the eight track and Betamax of technology they're never obsolete <laughs> in our eyes it would be Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller gentlemen is that a repeat? Is, I uh, wanted, is it? I don't Might think be. so, but you can tell me I've I've done it. I'm really oh. I'm really like <laughs> scraping at this point. We need to get the, the YouTube uh auto transcriptions. I wonder if we can just download those in mass so we can do text search when I make assertions <laughs> like this. Exactly. Compile a list. That's that, that would seems be helpful. Great, actually. That would be helpful. <laughs> uh, how are you gentlemen doing? I'm okay. I wish I was the laser disc of technology. Laser disc. You know what was really funny? I'll tell a quick story. <laughs> so on Amazon Black Friday, they had uh, Blu-rays really cheap. So I picked up Spaceballs, one of the best movies ever <laughs> made by Mel Brooks, if you have not seen it. I love that movie. Although, keep going. And I was listening with the commentary track by Mel Brooks, and in it he references that commentary track was recorded in 1996 for the Laserdisc edition of Spaceballs, <laughs> which cracked me up. Whoa. So, that was my that's, Laserdisc story. That's pretty hilarious. Colt is laughing pretty heartily right now. You can't see it, and you can't hear it in his voice. <laughs> but he's doing it. He's amused. You know, Colt. Huh. Well, what's funny huh. is, Dan... I got to see Colby this week, and you got to see Colby this week, but we didn't get to see each other, Dan. What is up with this? You need to start coming to New York more often. I I would, but I hear it's a terrible cesspool filled with drug addicts and and hipsters. No, 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 no. That's that's New Jersey. Oh. This is totally different. That's the image you project to keep the unwanted people out. Right, right. We can't make it too desirable. Mm. Otherwise, there would be even longer lines for cronuts and ramen burgers. <laughs> I totally buy that. I totally buy that. Yes, <laughs> I think we will have to uh, to make an appointment to make that happen. But first, we have to do this show. This is Don't Panic. We do this every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you will get... All kinds of really uh, excellent content, audio, video, all of our past episodes, um, and you will get them in HD video and decent audio. Uh, you also get them on iTunes, RSS, Stitcher, YouTube, the whole nine yards. I just want to remind everyone, we are doing our sticker pack giveaway. I remember to actually grab the stickers so you can see what we're giving away. These are the sheet version. You won't get a whole sheet. You'll only get one. Uh, Dan and Colby can't see it because my video isn't working, but you at home can see it. Uh, I've got these nice change mode stickers. I've got the, uh, what else do we have here? We've got the, oh, the Don't Panic album art stickers. I mean, these are, they're glossy. I mean, they're lovely. They adhesive to things. I think that's they're the high quality. Uh, they're, they're really nice. So I recommend you get some, and they're free. And I'm going to send them to you. Now, I had someone ask me, what if I don't have Twitter? How can I enter? So uh, got a new easier to enter way. Uh, hey, yes, who asked you this? Yes, Dan. Some people don't have Twitter. Um, 
And so a new way to enter, if you go to coffeeandbeer.tv, there is a big link on the front page, enter our giveaway. It's also coffeeandbeer.tv slash giveaway. There's a form. Just put in your name and email address, and if you're one of the first 20 or so people, uh, I will contact you back, and you'll get some free stickers in the mail. So that's even easier than tweeting, but we still recommend you tweet at Don't Panic Show as well. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you for doing that, participating. Let's move along and talk about the news uh, I will ask you, gentlemen, this as I do every single week. Any particular story you wish to talk about? Mm. Uh, and, and then, like all every, you, Colby, all you, and like every Come week, on. there is stunned silence when I ask Come that on. question. <laughs> uh, 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 okay, I will pick one. Uh, I, will, I, I will put you out of your misery, uh, and I will pick the first. But please be prepared with a follow-up. I know what one I want to talk about. All right, Dan. We, we should maybe save it for later. It's a good one. All right, well, we can... I'm just going to pick. This has gone okay. on long enough. I want to talk about Steam. I like Steam. Okay, you like Steam. I like steamed pork buns I also. Like hot water. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like uh, dumplings. Is that the thing no, I'm thinking no, of? No, this is... No. <laughs> Nope. How much do you like them if you don't even know what they're called? Pot cold? stickers? Pot dumpling? Yeah, I guess dumplings is. <laughs> anyway, speaking of I'm Steam, by Valve, the video game uh, platform, you may be familiar with this on your PC or your Macintosh. Well, uh, they're very popular, and they launched this past week in beta a new feature that allows you to stream Steam games live over the internet uh, in a direct competition to everyone's favorite, Twitch.tv. Uh, this new service, as I said, is in beta, but uh, it uses their own video hosting platform. It's not with a partnership through YouTube or Twitch or anything. They host it themselves. Um, and it's designed for you to watch your friends um, as they say. Uh, there's also a public option that lets anyone view a game stream, although you have to be signed into Steam to watch it. Um, you can not only use it from the stream client, but also from either Chrome or Safari. Um at present, broadcasts are only live. You cannot archive them and share them later. Um, and to use the feature, you'll have to sign up for the beta version and agree to all the things that come with that. Um, mm-hmm. Does this sound to be of any excitement or interest to you fellows? Uh, uh, Steam competing with the in- the presumptive incumbent Twitch. I People who use Steam exclusively will use it, but I don't think it's going to be as big as Twitch. Like, ever. Because it'd have to work on everything. Maybe. Although I guess also, most of Twitch's audience is for people playing PC games, I bet. Is it? I bet. Because have I've dived into this a little bit. Like, all the competitive, super competitive games that people watch, like League of Legends and Dota 2, uh, uh, those are all PC games. And, like, uh, the PewDiePie is... All PC games, I think. Although I don't know about that. Uh, but that's YouTube, not not Twitch either. I, will, I think he's on Twitch. Anyways, hmm. I don't think this will be a huge deal. But it might be... Uh, if you were playing Steam, you would use it if you wanted to, I guess. Okay. Interesting. I think it would um, be... Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I, I think it would be... I think this is less intended to be a Twitch competitor because if it was, it would have a lot more options at launch. I think the idea is, and I think Steam has done a good job of this, cultivating a community within their service. And I think they've done that better for video games than most other uh, 
companies that provide the games. And this is just yeah. an extra feature for that community rather than a platform for which to broadcast to the world. Um, and I, I think that's really smart of them because then they're going to keep that engagement and they're going to keep people in the Steam community buying Steam games. Um, so I, I think that's really smart on their part. Yep. Hmm. Cool. I think... I wonder how, like, Twitch... So you can Twitch from the PS4 now, right? Yeah. Can you Xbox Twitch from, well. from the Xbox? Oh, okay. Uh, so, yes. yes. Yes, you can. Nice. Yeah, Twitch Twitch has done a really good job you, of being you can Twitch from. Your, can you Twitch from Android? I have mm-hmm. no idea. I think... Oh, goodness. I'm going to make a mistake and say this wrong. I think they partnered with one or two select games and said these are kind of our test partners. Uh, but I don't think you can more broadly. But I might mm-hmm. have just pulled that out of my ass, so don't quote me on that. You you do tend to do that. Yeah, it's a bad habit. Someone should stop me. <laughs> um, You're reckless. I so reckless. So reckless. So, Sean. Hello. Yes, I'm listening. Oh, I want to talk about Amazon Seamless. Yes, let's let's talk about Amazon. I feel like we don't talk. Yeah. Speaking of the company that bought uh, Twitch, let's talk about yes. Amazon. Uh, the company that seems to be bleeding money left and right has decided to enter a few new avenues of delivering stuff to you, the business they seem to be in. Uh, we'll start with the one Dan mentioned, and that would be that Amazon entered the food delivery game, competing directly with companies like Seamless, Grubhub, and Delivery.com. They quietly launched online takeout and delivery via Amazon Local this past week. Uh, it's only live in Austin for now. Um, Seattle. That's totally what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> you got to confuse with Google Fiber. I, so much cool stuff is launching that I can't get here. Um, the service Another is, reason to come to New York, except in this case it won't help. I will, well, yes, but you do have a lot of cool stuff. I will give you that. Just visiting Colby and him being able to order barbecue on the internet and have it delivered to the house was a amazing moment for me. That <laughs> that was a big deal. That was tasty. So it is a game changer. I was happy about that. And now you can do it through Amazon on their website as well as through its Android and iOS apps. Um, it's very similar. Put in your address, choose what you want, uh, and then pay with the credit card link to your Amazon account. Uh, Dan, are you excited for this? Yeah, that's this is going to be great. Uh, I really don't like Seamless. And that other thing I recommended, uh, I don't even remember Postmates. It's just okay. But I feel like Amazon could really do it well. Uh, yeah. The, the Seamless I, website is so janky. Yeah, pretty much all of... So I feel like something that really stinks is that there are a lot of like companies that do the same thing as seamless. Like there's Grubhub and delivery.com and foodler. And like they all yep. have, none of them have all the restaurants. Like they <laughs> all have different sub, you know, they all have a subset of the restaurants you want. Um, and yeah, it just, it stinks. So, Will that know. ever be solved, though? Maybe not. But at <laughs> least the very least is that like one of them could have an okay website. That's true, and and Postmates does have a pretty good website. Yeah, uh, but delivery.com's website is all right. 
it's yeah. it's much better than than the others in my opinion. But I haven't tried Postmates yet. I think this is the go ahead. This is the same uh, complaint we have about streaming, but isn't like how big of a complaint is that that you can't search for all the things in one spot? It's kind of annoying. <laughs> Yeah, All but right. I, I will say, though, back when I did order food on the internet and have it delivered to my house, I just went to Google, went to the restaurant's website, and then whatever they linked to from there was what I used. So yeah. I think Google really is the ultimate search engine, and it will come up regardless of what site you're ordering. <laughs> really. That's you know, right. and so not that that's a good answer because they really should all be on one. My problem with – and I, I'm happy to play devil's advocate here and say how this could go horribly awry – is that if this were to go even multi-city, even before national, um, I'd be concerned because I think local restaurants require an extra level of support that things like shipping boxes out of warehouses don't require. And so my concern would be how does Amazon integrate with – POS systems and making sure deliveries are done on time and are delivered. Amazon's a... making its own POS system. Well, and I think that's an interesting advantage. My question is, can they roll it out fast enough? Now, what's interesting to me is Square just – is it Square or is it uh, – Square. Is it Square launched Caviar, which is their version of get food and have it delivered. I did not know oh. that. Which is, and it was relatively quiet, but it's. Oh, they acquired it. Oh, they acquired it. Okay. Um, and so that that's more interesting to me because they have the POS. They're already in stores. I don't know. I feel like when you talk about a startup in a single city, you kind of have that relationship. And I don't. I would be concerned if I were a restaurant owner that who are these Amazon guys, and are they really gonna know what it takes to run my restaurant and what my customers need? And I think if Amazon can solve that, I think they could really take a lead in this. Because I think it's the first company. Anyone can build a website. Sorry, guys. Anyone can build a website. <laughs> Anyone can, can you know, take credit cards online. A million companies do it. Who can get the best relationship with these mom-and-pop restaurants? You're not wrong. I, I, I agree with you. You're right. That's, oh, good. good all right, keep, keep going. Keep and going. That's that's all. That's all uh, I've got. Well, the <laughs> other cool thing is the other the other part of this, which I think would be their advantage. So the other thing they're launching is a a messenger service. That's not what they're calling it. Delivery, basically a delivery service, right? Uh, so it'd be like Amazon Prime Now, where you get uh, your thing delivered to you instantly. And in the way they, I didn't read the whole article. In fact, I didn't read. I didn't know about this until you posted it. <laughs> I knew about the other thing. Uh, New York City, yeah. So New York City Bike Messenger to bring you the package you ordered within an hour. So if Amazon can provide you with orders and the fulfillment mechanism, you don't have to worry about keeping delivery people on staff. That could be cool. Yeah. So it's and they're definitely they definitely know how to do that. They do. Uh, I'll just add a little background to that. Uh, this hasn't launched. It's the Wall Street Journal reports Amazon is staffing up to test a new service in New York City. Um, those close with the service um, believe the company's internal beta test currently runs for $5 for a one-hour delivery, while those who can wait two or more hours still same day will get it for free under Prime. Um, there's no word on when this would actually launch in beta. Um, and it's the next best things to drones delivered. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think 
Amazon would love to to cut the middleman. I mean, we've seen Amazon and, and even Google do their delivery services in cities same day where they'll go to, and we've talked about it on the show, where, where they'll go to Target and Walgreens and you place your order and they'll deliver it to your house in a Google van uh, or in an Amazon van. This is just even faster than that. And it makes sense in a city, I think, like New York City, uh, where a bike messenger makes more sense than a van uh, as opposed to more spread out cities. So I think I think these companies are happy to remove the middleman and uh, get packages to customers as quickly and as efficiently as possible because that's really where they make their money. Yeah. I want I I want it to be better. I want it to be faster. Also, also there is this french fry place really far away. Uh I think it's the one I know of is really far away and try caviar the the square thing delivers to my zip code from this amazing french fry place. Belgian french fries, palm frites. Oh my gosh. I think you're going to have to over. try it. It's all over. Should I order it now and see if it gets here by the end of the episode? <laughs> that, that would be impressive. And we, you know what? I think we may have to try that if Amazon rolls this out in New York City. We'd have to see if a package could get here in an hour. Yeah, we would all get on the podcast and each of us would order from a delivery service at the same time. <laughs> well, mine would take at least two days to get here. <laughs> like it would. <laughs> but but like, the, what would be impressive is which one would accept your order? Which one would commit to getting it to you? That's, would there be any restaurant, any service that would? That could get it here within the hour. I bet I could get a pizza here within an hour. That seems reasonable. Oh, that's cheating. That that's not. Count. Well, I, you, you're going to get fries. I guess it would that's, have to be outside of my own town. You would have to be ordering through a service not owned by a restaurant. Okay, there you go. I think that sounds like a good challenge. We'll have to give that a shot. Yeah, it'll be like the trivia challenge, except we just eat a lot of food. I was about to say, the last 10 minutes of the show will just be us just with mouths full of food. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Um, very good. So Amazon continuing to deliver things uh, as you so desire them. Uh, let's continue on to another story. Um And that story would be Firefox. I'm going to pick one. Um, let's talk about Firefox. You may know Firefox as the browser. Um, well, they want to make one for your mobile device on iOS. Uh, they've talked about it before, um, but at a all-hands-on uh, Mozilla meeting in uh, Oregon this week, um, there were some tweets from employees. This is not officially announced, but saying Firefox for OS uh, for iOS is coming. Um, what's interesting is is that, and I did not know this, and maybe you guys do, uh, in iOS 8, Apple finally gave developers full access to its JavaScript engine, which had only been available to uh, Safari. So now yes. all the browsers can run as fast as Safari. So it's going to be interesting to see how Firefox comes up with an approach to iOS that I would assume approves upon existing browsers. I mean, would you guys have interest in using Firefox on iOS? No. Because I stopped even using Chrome on iOS. Colby, do you use Chrome or Safari on iOS? I just use Safari. The problem with iOS is it's too fucking annoying to like... <laughs> like, everything yeah. just opens in Safari anyways, so... Is that like, still true? I don't know. I use... Maybe, but I already it already ruined me other browsers for me. What were you saying, Chrome? I still use Chrome uh, on my iOS devices, and I would say 
rarely but not never does something auto pop up in safari and it's usually when you're authenticating a service so like a dropbox or twitter or something and they want you to log in by default those go through safari Uh, but otherwise a lot of apps now have that integration where they will open in chrome um and i guess it depends on what apps you're using but i you know not that i have any problem with safari i just like uh, the history syncing Uh, and because i'm not a mac user i don't get that uh, with safari right i mean i don't use safari (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, are we keeping you up, you up Colby? Can, can we get some coffee delivered to him in the hour? Actually, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it, um, it'll be, yeah. Hang on, you keep talking, Colby. I'll get you some coffee. I don't use Safari on on my Mac, but um, I feel like the thing, so I assume the reason Firefox has not existed on iOS to date is that they... Like Firefox has its own rendering engine and you, what you still can't do, you still can't have your own, like Apple won't let you build your own browser. You can build a browser that is based on top of like Safari WebKit, right? That's what Chrome is. Chrome is basically Safari with a different UI, which is not the case on like desktop. Mm -hmm. Desktop Chrome is not the same as desktop Safari. It has a different rendering engine. Um, so I don't know, like, I'm, I, I'd be interested to see if Mozilla tries that. Um, cause I think if they did and Apple let them, it would be cool, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure I understand why Apple doesn't, why they care so much. Um, it's unclear. What? About the browser? Yeah. About the rendering engine stuff. I don't understand what's, except maybe App Store guidelines. What's technically stopping you from writing a rendering engine of, in a, in C? Uh, I mean, all rendering engines are in C. Surprise! But like, <laughs> why can't you run that on iOS? I don't know. App Store guidelines. I I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. Apple has such a tight control, and they can. Um, I saw. I saw today. I wish I remember the name of an app. There was an iOS app that got rejected. An update to the app got rejected from the App Store because Apple wouldn't allow them to send out of the app into iCloud. That Apple would not. Oh, that let was. Them. Uh, yeah. Did you see that, that? Was Transmit Panic from Panic? Their Panic's FTP client. Yeah, because Apple said you can't apparently put <clears throat> files that aren't generated on your iOS device in iCloud through an app. Yeah. So they they shut them down. Why would you want an FTP client on iOS? Probably work, right? I feel like there are still places they use FTP for things. What? There's no file system on iOS to upload files you too. The the apps make a file system. I've used a similar app. You, it's actually within the app, so mm. it, it's considered app data as the files in. It's all lives within the app. I mean, it's like Dropbox, right? Like yeah, when you save files locally, it's the same idea. The app itself will be gigabytes in size because it has all your files in it. I think. When it comes to Firefox on iOS, I don't think anyone's going to use it because it's a superior browser. I think it's for the same reason people use Chrome on mobile devices, and it all comes back to that syncing. I think, 
I think to your average person, all browsers are the same. And I think no one's going to go on and say, I have to have Firefox on my phone. I think they're perfectly fine with Safari, perfectly fine with Chrome. However, they do want the browser that has their history synced so they can click on the last page they were on on their mobile phone on their laptop. They want their bookmarks synced. I think that's where the value comes in. And I think Firefox needs to be there on mobile devices if they want uh, any kind of um, traction in the desktop space because I think it is about the ecosystem these days when it comes to browsers. Um, and if they're not on mobile, they're they're not anywhere. What ecosystem? Yeah. Oh, like, like syncing and stuff? Yeah, Firefox Sync. I mean, Firefox is on Android, and they also have Firefox OS. Like, they're on... <laughs> let's, let's be real. Android is the mobile phone market iOS, like, as much as we like to pretend iOS is big here, it's it's not big in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's like, 17%. In, um, well, see, Mozilla and Firefox are such a weird case because for any other company, like Google, for example, there may be more Android users, but iPhone users spend more and are more affluent, which means for marketing and for making money as a company, you want to be on iOS. But Mozilla is weird and funny like that. Where they don't have to care about making money. Well, yeah, they're because they're a nonprofit, right? So, that, I mean, that's the other thing too. Mozilla is like, I feel like they're kind of like the good guy. In <laughs> like, or they're certainly not the bad guy. Like, I feel like they have the best. I don't know. When you think not douchey, you think Mozilla. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their slogan. That's really good. <laughs> you think not douchey. Uh, uh, I wish I could tweet that. I mean, you just broadcast it for the whole internet to hear, but... Well, I can look and tell you how many people saw it. Uh, no, I won't, because it's kind of terrifying. Uh, so, <laughs> let's... Uh, so, yeah, so anyway, Firefox... I'm on the front page of Reddit right now, Colby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. They're, they're really nice. I, I like... I got to work with some people from Mozilla when I was at Facebook, and they were just the best. They were so like, like genuinely concerned with the well-being of people and, and, and the internet at large. It was really nice and inspiring. I'm far too cynical for that. <laughs> far, I'm way far gone. Um, <laughs> let's continue on in the news uh, to. Yet another story. Uh, any particular one you want to talk about before we continue? Colby, it's your turn. Mm. Mm. Oh, streaming? Is that a surprise? Oh, that less people are watching cable television and more people are streaming? I suppose it's not, but it is a statistic we can report. Uh, <laughs> the fine folks at Nielsen, um, which was funny because I actually at a conference I was at met with uh, a couple of marketing reps from Nielsen who just would not stop about how they're not just TV ratings. Like that was their whole big thing. It's like, seriously, though, we do like seriously, guys, we're not just TV. Um, so here they are reporting on TV ratings. Um, Nielsen viewing figures show that over the last year, uh, online video streaming is up 60 percent. Well, traditional TV viewing fell by 4% in the same time period. Now, what does that mean? A, more video watching is happening overall across all devices, whether it's traditional TV or mobile or whatever. Um, but it also means that uh, a lot more is happening 
uh, streaming. And it's also important to note that that streaming figure includes uh, laptops, desktops, and mobile devices. It does not include game consoles, streaming devices like Roku or Chromecast. Um, so that number could be even oh. higher. That seems silly. And that's really the whole story. I am I'm kind of surprised. Like, did we really think that streaming was going to win? Like, everyone? It would be everyone's choice? Well, or that the people who want to even register on that scale? Well, I, I, I want to point out and bring this a little bit back down to earth. An average American last month watched 11 hours of streaming video and more than 141 hours of live television. So it's still a massive gap. It's just per the, month? Per month. Oh, my so word. It's 10%. Actually, it's less than 10%. So. You know, I think I think that's to be kept in. So it's growing by a big. I mean, sixty percent year over year is a big growth, especially like I said, considering it doesn't count a lot of trendier uh, devices that are taking off. And I will predict right. I think this Christmas is going to be one of the biggest sellers. Is going to be streaming devices, Roku's and Fire TVs and Apple TVs and Chromecasts. I think we're going to see an absurd number of those sold. Um, so that number could get even higher. Hmm. Cool. I mean, I don't know. I like streaming. I don't like TV. I do, I do 100 like 100 hours. 141 hours of live television a month for your average American. That's that's mind-blowing. I'm pretty sure I watch like That's almost an entire week of, of their of their month. Well, your average American watches something like 8 to 10 hours a day. That's, How's that? that's, that's not even six possible. Six days of that month where sp- the average American spent watching TV. Yeah. Well. Oh, it, my it, God. Yeah. The numbers are really, <laughs> they're staggering. Now, again, that's an average, right? So you have to remember there could be outliers. but And there are a lot of people who do more. Yeah. Well, I, I look at this like 11 hours of streaming video a month. That's average. I know I watch that in a Saturday on Netflix. So that is not. There have been Saturdays where I've done that. But I watch maybe an an hour, not even, not even an hour a day. A half an hour a day. Like, I'll watch something with dinner. That'll be it. So to counteract you, that means someone else has to watch, like, 23 and a half hours of television a day to, <laughs> to get us to that average. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Because clearly there are plenty of people I know who do this, and they're perfectly fine people. But I feel like you... You shouldn't do this. Well, and I'm, I'm going to try and throw a wrench in there. Think of all the people who 20 years ago read a newspaper or stared out the window on their train commute an hour a day or two hours a day. Now they're watching streaming video on those commutes. I think there's more places now where you can watch video where a traditional television would not have allowed you to. Because primetime was three hours a night between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. And and uh, to me, I don't think prime time no longer applies. So maybe you got up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep. Now you're watching streaming video. You got up early before going to work. You're watching streaming video. I just think there's more places and opportunities. It's not that Americans just aren't going to work and sitting and watching TV. Maybe, maybe, that's at least how I think it would be explained. And I'd also be curious. I'd, I would buy that. 
I'll also note that uh, video watching on smartphones increased 14% over the same time period. So on just smartphones alone, that's 14% growth. So I have twice in my life watched <laughs> a TV show or feature-length movie on a mobile device. Once it was on an iPad, and once it was on a phone. How about how about you two? I used to watch like before, like when I was in California. Sometimes I would watch like Netflix on on my iPad in bed. Oh no, mm, I'm not counting that. You can't do it at home. <laughs> Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Because that's oh. that. I, we're talking about new places that you would watch. Um, I mean, I done it on a plane. I do sometimes. I watch like YouTube videos and stuff on my phone on the train sometimes. Um, maybe I should be watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you've got unlimited data, right? Yes. Use it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I the only time I think I've ever done that is live sports. You know, if there's a, a particularly good football game or you know something's in the last minute and I have to leave the house, I'll I'll throw it on the phone or tablet. But outside of that, uh, no, I don't. Uh, but then again, I rarely leave my house, so that <laughs> could explain it. So, Colby, would you watch things outside of your house on a mobile device? Um, or download and bring with you? I mean, in certain situations, yes. Hmm. Would but you? Not regularly. I don't. I don't think so. But I don't think I, I definitely I, don't do it regularly. But I see like, a lot of people if on I'm the outside subway. Of my, yeah. I mean, if I'm outside of my house, it's because I'm doing something else and I'm not like sitting around watching TV. But like I said, maybe maybe I'll tomorrow I'll try watching Netflix on the train and I'll let you know how it goes. I'll have to report back. <laughs> Actually, I, I I might work from home tomorrow because it's supposed to rain. So you'll lot. just spend all day watching Netflix then and not do any work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh right sorry yeah, good thing this isn't broadcast um yeah i think uh i think i think watching video on a mobile device is more attention than i want to give my mobile device because like if i'm just checking twitter which is a lot of what i do when i'm killing time on my phone or even playing a game you're not as involved in it as you have to be watching video i'm very uncomfortable even sitting on a train i don't know how comfortable i'd be with two headphones in eyes on the screen not aware of what's going on around me i'm just that kind of person so to me that's something unless i'd absolutely need it um i wouldn't uh i wouldn't necessarily think to do but that might just be me Uh, I want to thank uh, Colby for uh, sending us this link because now I have to show it on the show. Uh, one of my favorite things, and I'm sure there's a great Tumblr, and maybe I'll find one and recommend it next week, of hilarious stock images. Um, and there's this great article on the verge of a new trend in stock images, which is uh, women laughing uh, alone with their tablets. Um, it's very creepy. <laughs> Um, yes. There's there's this woman cheering. There's this woman laughing hysterically in what looks like her kitchen. Um, <laughs> this this lady on the couch. And actually, do they have the? Um, I have to see if I can find because you just reminded me there is a really great. I don't know if you've seen the fire, uh, the Amazon the Amazon Fire uh, Kindle commercial. Yeah, I've seen that one. 
<laughs> with this really creepy lady. Um, and I can't quite figure out what her deal is because here it is. Um, and I will just play. Oh my God. They're showing me an ad before this ad. Come on. <laughs> Come on, YouTube. That's what, and what's funny is it's, it's an ad for uh, windows eight, which I think is funny on a, on a Kindle fire targeted uh, to you. I guess someone's making money off me watching this commercial. Oh, speaking of windows eight, the number of those like, macbook versus surface pro commercials that they play during the football game oh my god the number is too damn high they do air a lot of those (laughs) um they haven't convinced me yet no maybe a couple more though you never know i might just buy a surface pro never use a (laughs) mac again how many how many ads would you have to hear before you bought one just to get them to stop like (laughs) Over over yeah. what period? I don't know. Probably like, did you ever see that episode of Family Guy when when Stewie kidnaps Quagmire in Cleveland and chains them in the basement watching the direct TV like Help how channel? to use yes. your yeah, and then no. like two days later, yeah, and it cuts like they, no one ever finds them in the basement. It cuts to them like two days later, and they're just staring like eyes wide open just repeating the the hour-long help channel it's pretty hilarious uh but i don't know maybe two days of straight commercial i would also like i also pasted a link in the chat of something i was reminded of obama participated in an hour of code today which is not in the rundown but maybe something we should talk about uh i don't know anything about hour of code except that Obama's wearing a baseball cap that says code on it and is fist bumping this woman and they're both looking at a laptop. Uh, it's a Windows laptop. It's a Windows laptop. That's why I was thinking about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, Excellent image. That, that girl's hairdo is P. Cray. That's, that's yeah. pretty intense. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much Barack Obama, the first U.S. president ever to code. Yeah. I don't know how much he out. actually did, to be he, fair. He made a square appear on the screen. I think that's what I read. That's I can do that in Photoshop in like two minutes, so I don't know what he's talking about. You, but you do it without Photoshop, though? Well, why would you? They already have <laughs> Photoshop, Dan. Because Photoshop takes so long to load, you <laughs> might as well start, start from scratch. You'll get it <laughs> And then it'll eventually get done. Uh, yeah, Barack Obama teaching young people to code. He's a hero. Um, let's continue on. How are we doing on time here? We're just having so much fun. We've got time for more news. Uh, more news? More news. More? More. There's more. Let's talk about Uber. Ah, again? I know. Did we and we do our big Uber Balooza last week? We did, <laughs> but I, I'm concerned about Uber. Actually, since then, I have, <laughs> I have unintentionally doubled the amount of times I've used Uber from two to four. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and how was that experience? Um, it was real. Well, they were both really interesting. So the the when I first I used Uber for the third time last week at like five a.m. taking a car to JFK from Midtown, uh, the airport, and I talked to this guy the whole way, and he was from the Dominican Republic, and he had lived all over the U.S., but he just moved to the United States or just moved to New York. And this was his first day as an Uber driver. Wow. Uh, picking me up. It wasn't his first ride of that day, but his first day picking me up and driving me to JFK. He did a very nice job. Uh, 
and his daughter is going on a high school trip to India. It was totally bizarre. Uh, then in San Francisco, of course, because you need to take an Uber to go everywhere. And I was shocked. I was staying at this Airbnb and the host, I was like, I'm trying to get to Powell Street. You know, just making small talk. How should I get there? I could look it up on Google, but I thought I'd ask. And she she was like, you know, oh, you just walk you know, a couple blocks that way and then a couple blocks over. Or you just take an Uber. I looked up on Google Maps. It was 15 minutes walking away. <laughs> I'm going to just walk. I, I've got 15 minutes. I'll just walk. It's fine. Uh, but then I did have to take an Uber from there, like a half an hour away drive. So that was good. And I was like in a car with an actual grandmother who was actually an Uber driver, uh, which is something I feel like Uber says like, oh, yeah, our drivers from all walks of life. And, you know, some of them are just like school teachers or grandmothers <laughs> just making some money on the side. This was an actual grandmother making money on the side. Uh, nice. Wow. And she was really a pleasure to talk to as well. So, despite how much I dislike Uber superficially, I did end up using them twice last week. <laughs> um, that so so your your story about the woman suggesting you you take Uber for like a ten minute walk, or the person I don't know if it was a woman, a man or a woman, your Airbnb host. Um, I once heard a story about some people who would take Uber to the grocery store and just have the driver wait there for them to go in and get their groceries and come out instead of using like, like Instacart or something. And it would end up being cheaper. It's madness. It ended up being cheaper. I I think so. I don't know if that was a true story. (laughs) Mm. It was a tech urban legend. One of those fanciful San Franciscan tales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems ridiculous. Well, soon they're coming to Asia. They're coming to literally everywhere. Uber announced today they got another $1.2 billion in venture capital, raising its total raised to $2.7 billion. An interesting fun fact. uh, If you had invested $10,000 in Uber's first uh, seed round, not counting for dilution of stock, that would now be worth $80 million dollars. Think about that. So my question is, if I'm Lyft or Rideshare or any of their competitors, how do I possibly compete with $2.7 billion in cash? Like, I, I don't I don't know how Uber can't not win. Uh they could they could fuck up really bad. Well that they they'd have to self-destruct, <laughs> right? No, like and that's you're, yeah, you're honestly right. But even, I mean, think of the stuff they have done already, and they're still growing and doing fine. I mean, what would they have to do to really end themselves? I mean, I think really their only barrier is regulation, right? Because the governments are the only ones big enough to really put a dent in their growth, unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel I, like... I wonder how this will do abroad, though, because I don't believe Uber is very big internationally. Like, I know in Ireland and the UK it's Halo is the big one. I know that there's Uber in France, but I don't know if they're anywhere near as dominant in any of those other countries than the U.S. So uh, there could very well be another established player in Asia. I don't know. But I would bet that there is at this point. Hmm. And that's been a big blocker for 
like oh, I just had a good example. Name another company. That's, oh, uh, Etsy, for example, really big in the U.S., not nearly as big in most other parts of the world. Uh, yeah, so it could grow to dominate the U.S., but that only gets you so far if you can't capture a lot of the international market too. Like Google's done a good job with that, but a lot of other U.S.-based companies have not, like Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine it'll probably be like going international for them will probably be tough because I don't know. They that's like I feel like they're gonna have way more regulation e things to deal with, um, and dealing with stuff like that is hard enough in one country. Never mind, like, a million different countries. So I'm sure it'll be interesting. I feel like that's still, even here, like, the, the regulation stuff is still a question mark. Like, it's it's still at the point where government, I feel like the government, both state, state and federal, are still kind of, like, in the process of realizing that this is happening. Um, yeah. And, and, well. I mean, they start, they certainly haven't haven't figured things out in most. They're places. in the process of realizing that a lot of things are happening. <laughs> yes, yeah. They've got it's they've got a of... lot to realize. So it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to ask. Well, and I think that's interesting. It's I don't. Either. I don't know if you saw the news today, but uh, Portland, Oregon, a lovely city, uh, banned Uber. Uber went ahead and launched anyway, and now Portland has filed suit against Uber for breaking the law. Um, but they have two billion dollars, so I don't I don't know what the government could really do to them. Um, I mean, what, what's interesting is you know it's estimated Uber will generate one and a half to two billion dollars of revenue this year. Now, for a four year old company, I mean that's really astounding growth. But you're absolutely right. I think international expansion a they haven't done much of b is going to be difficult because there's already a lot of people who are kind of warning them and slowing you know saying slow down. Um, and just the fact that they could grow too quickly and, and we've seen cracks in their infrastructure and, you know, how do you support, we saw Twitter's growing pains. I mean, how long did we have the fail whale, um, a company that was growing faster than its infrastructure could support it. And it took years to kind of iron out and fix those problems. So, um, I'd be interested to see Uber, which is a completely different kind of company, a company that has physical bodies on the ground, that has physical vehicles. Um, that's, a, that's a totally different ball game than a Twitter or a Facebook. So, um, I don't know. I think either way, it's going to be a great story to to tell down the road. But um, I just look at this and say, I, I would not want to be a competitor to Uber right now. <laughs> no. But then again, if if you know if they screw up terribly, where are people going to go? Lyft or whoever. Have, have you ever tried any of the other ones, Colby? I've used Lyft before. I've never used Sidecar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of any of the others. Uh, Lyft, like, it was fine. I just never, like... I mean, I think I called the Lyft myself one time. Um, and all the other times I went in it, like, someone else called it. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, mostly the same, it seems. I never, like, we never had a problem with one versus the other. Um, I've had more problems with Uber here than I ever had in San Francisco, though. In Boston or in the East Coast? In Boston. Ah. Um, 
I didn't know you'd used Uber in Boston. A couple of times, but I, I avoid it now. Cause well, so, so part of the problem is it's like getting to our, my apartment is a little bit tricky. Um, and it is fairly common that the driver gets, takes the wrong turn and ends up going down the highway and has to like go all the way down and turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty annoying. So I kind of avoid doing it from here. And I've had other times where like, I got a driver who was like in Cambridge and he, he called me and he was like, I'm like 45 minutes away from you. I was <laughs> like, Oh, well I'll find another way to get back then. Cause I could walk back in 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't used it in a while though, mostly cause I haven't been home on the weekend in a while. But well, there yeah. you go. Uber rolling in it. Uh, let's continue on. We got time for one more story uh, before we get to our picks this week. Uh, and I want to quickly talk about this because I think it's kind of funny, and maybe that's just me. But that would be the smart people over at Sony who, to be honest, haven't had a great week. Uh, they they they've had their share of issues. Um, but they had a big PlayStation Four event this week, and one of my favorite things they took out of this was uh, customizable faceplates. For your PS4, now you're saying, Sean, how can they have customizable faceplates? Did they change the device or the hardware? No, they just decided they were going to put stickers on the hard drive bay cover of your existing PS4 and say they're new faceplates. Um, and just decided that was a thing at the last minute, um, which no, I thought was really funny. It's not, it's a sticker? Well... No, they're. I, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's not fair. They are. Uh, it you remove the hard drive cover and you put a different hard drive cover on. Right. I don't know how they put the picture on those on the new hard drive cover. They could be stickers. Um, they could be. I they could hope be not. Though. But you. But you do buy new covers. But I just like this because it seems like such a thing where some engineer at Sony was like, "Well, this this cover comes off. What if we could sell them another cover, and make twenty five dollars on it?" <laughs> and it's it's so genius. So. Uh, and they're not wrong. And there are two currently available, one for The Order 1886 and Little Big Planet 3, uh, now available in limited quantities uh, at the Sony store. So go to your local Sony store. Where is that? They, they I'm, have them. I'm sure there's one in New York. But... Have, have you ever been to a Sony store? I've been to I'm a Sony sure store in New York. I thought it was the only one, though. There, no, they have, a, they have a couple in, like, really big malls or in cities. They're, it's kind of like a Microsoft mm. stores where they're kind of limited but they're weird sony stores are weird they haven't sony stores have been are kind of old right yeah. like they've been around for a while they, they my guess would be they probably date back to like gateway stores like they go back <sighs> gateway stores yeah. wow when you, back when you used to go to a store to buy a computer that wasn't the apple store <laughs> crazy can you believe it what were they thinking back then what were they thinking that's your guess is as good as mine um Anyway, I just want to quickly mention that because I think that's amusing. Um, Sony figuring out ways to make money after they they bleed from their uh, entertainment division. Poor guys. All right. Well, I think that's it for news. We're going to move on to picks, and we have quite a a stacked list of picks. Um, And we're going to begin in reverse order of last week, which means Dan Miller gets to go first. Holy smokes! I I'm I'm uh, jazzed. Tell me more. 
All right, let me open up this link real quick. Sean, if I share my screen, will you have a... We'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, All sure. Right. What's the worst I just want to put this beautiful web page up there. Uh, so I downloaded this app over the weekend called Super. It's kind of difficult to find in the app store, so you should probably... and It's available on iOS and Android. You should probably just go to super.me to get it. I actually, it, I, I just searched for it in the app store, and it was the first result. Huh. I, uh, that did not work for me over the weekend. Um, so it's this really weird app. It's so hard to describe. You kind of make pictures, and they, you start with a prompt. It's sort of like a status or like, watch this, or I love, watch, or I love, or let's see, what else do they have? Uh, the best, the worst, crazy, I'm all wishing, I'm thinking. And then you can type something there, or you can put a picture there, and you can sign it. So I made one right at the beginning of this podcast uh, that was, Watch, Don't Panic, from D. Miller. And I got some responses. I got four hearts, and someone responded, and I still don't know how to use the app yet. Uh, 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 uh-oh, there we go. One response, which was, exactly, and don't forget your towel. So I have no idea what that could possibly mean. <laughs> Maybe it's a joke I don't get. Uh, but it's it's a fun app to mess around with. Uh, so super.me, play around with it. Let me know if you get it, because I'm not sure I do get it. Cool. Do you have a, a username on there you want to give people? Oh, I do. I got the D. Miller username, finally. I got the D. Miller username on a social network. So... Oh, exciting. Very cool. Yeah. This uh this comes out of um Biz Stone's oh, company, Jelly. Yeah, who made the question answering app from yeah. last summer. Yeah, that summer. everyone probably forgot about. So use this before everyone forgets about it. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, oh, they have that one password integration for their sign up flow. Feels yep. good. Yeah. Feels real good. Nice. Yep. All right. Colby, you're up next, and we've got uh, we got we got another dual pick, and I'm actually excited for the hardware side of this. Okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. so my first pick is try. Well, actually, this is second on the list, but it's this game called Tried Two. I got an, a second PS4 controller last week or two weeks ago, um, and my girlfriend and I have been playing games, and one of them, which has been picked on the show before, is Towerfall which is lots of fun. But we've also been playing Trine, which is, I don't know what to call it exactly. It's kind of a puzzle game, but it's like, it's like kind of, it's like a 3D side scroller type deal. Um, And you get to play as like a wizard, this knight guy, or like an Assassin's Creed lady. Um, (laughs) But it's fun. It's like, it looks pretty cool. Can we call her an archer? Or like a rogue or something instead of the Assassin's Creed lady. <laughs> I like I like Assassin's Creed lady. Okay, I mean, yeah, those are those are applicable words too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun though, and it it looks pretty cool. It's a it they it has kind of a neat style. It's like very it's it's almost storybook fantasy kind of. It's it's a little whimsical. Um, yeah. but so one thing that's in addition to being fun, 
It also supports 3D. So if you have a 3D television, which I do, which I had never used before, um, you can throw on your 3D glasses and uh, play play trying in more dimensions than you're used to. And once in a while, it is it's it's kind of cool. It's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, there's that. And also, I got my the my new Kindle. I got the Kindle Voyager, or or I think that's what it's called. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. So um, I had the before this. I had like three Kindles ago. I think I had the Kindle before the original Paperwhite. So like. I had the Kindle that still had side buttons, like without a, a touch screen, um, which and it still works totally fine, which we definitely talked about. But I got this new one, and it's like amazeballs. It's like exactly the same. Nothing is worse, and all the new things are better. So it has like the high resolution screen, which is is pretty cray. And then it has nice, um, like for the Voyager, they added, so it, you can still swipe on the screen if you want to turn that way, but it also has these like uh, like pressure buttons on the side that you kind of like press lightly with your finger and they turn the page, um, which I like. And the other cool thing is that the screen is, like the, the whole screen, the whole front of the device is flat. So like... I think on every Kindle before this, the screen was kind of inset in the front, so it's flat now. Um, and the other thing is the backlight. That's really cool. I've yet to use it at night, but in general, it's still, like, it auto, like, brightens and darkens itself, and I don't know. It makes it really easy to read everywhere. So, sometime I'm just going to turn off the lights and read in the dark just because I can. <laughs> but it's really cool. I like it a lot. So if you're, you don't have a Kindle or your, your old Kindle has reached the end of its lifespan, definitely, definitely go for that because it's really nice. Very good. Very good. What do you got for us, Sean? Well, I, I did just want to quickly mention trying to trine com. It is nineteen ninety nine on Steam and available on PS4. Uh, you can get it there. I also want to mention the Kindle Voyage Touch available from Amazon.com for $219 without special offers. Links to those and all our picks are available on our website, don'tpanic.io. Always like to squeeze in that information. Uh, I have two picks. So I, I teased the first half of my picks last week um, as part of my nerdy obsession with the origins of television. Because um, I think it's so interesting, especially as it changes, right? The almost the, the end of the network is almost coming soon. Um, how soon will we have a television network? Who knows? But where did they come from, right? That's a million-dollar question. So last week I gave you two books, ESPN, Those Guys Have All the Fun, and I Want My MTV, The uh, Uncensored History of MTV. Uh, and this week I have two new networks and two new books on uh, two new stories. Uh, the first I'm going to talk about is called Slimed, An Oral History of Nickelodeon's Golden Age. Um this is a, an interview-style book um, written in chronological order where they interview all of the uh, stars, the executives, uh, and all the people who kind of launched Nickelodeon. Um, what I really enjoyed about this book was this more so than any of the other books 
uh, I picked on the show. This one talks more with the stars of the network than any other book. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because they had more access or what. But this is really kind of focused on the uh, stars angle. And that's really interesting because they were obviously kids. Um, so it talks about how they started on these shows um, and some of the really early days of Nickelodeon with shows that some of us older kids, 90s Nickelodeon kids may not know about 80s Nickelodeon. But um, it kind of gives an interesting look um, at Nickelodeon and the origin of that. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's called Slimed. My second pick, which is probably, I think, the best story out of the four books that I picked, um, is called From Scratch, The Uncensored History of the Food Network. Uh, and this is uh, told in a more narrative style. This talks to, uh, from day one, the start of the Food Network as Food TV, which they couldn't get the name, so they called it Food Network. Um, with the men who started it, the cable company who started it, and goes all the way to how they found all the stars, talked to the stars, talked through some of the controversy, so whether it's Paula Dean or Robert Irvine, some of the sort of controversies. Um, and I think this one, because, A, because it's written in a narrative style, which I like, um, but also B, because the stars were, were, especially the executives too, were very honest. So I think the story here is really interesting, and there's a lot in here you may not know, like Food Network's early days that you know, there was there was no system in place. The whole show, none of the equipment on the sets worked. The sinks had pipes that didn't go to anywhere. So they had interns dumping out buckets when the stars would use the sinks. Um, a lot of kind of interesting behind the scenes stuff um, that make for a really interesting book. That's from scratch, the uncensored history of the Food Network. It's also available on Amazon and Kindle. So those are my two picks. Um, Get yourself learned up on the history of television <laughs> with those books. That's awesome. Yeah, fun fun Good read. Book, I gotta kids. get I gotta get back into reading. Um, I don't read as well, much. It sounds as like as you have. Uh, I've read these books not that long ago, but they've been spaced out. The last book I just finished Amy Poehler's new book, um, Yes Please, which was pretty good. Uh, that was an enjoyable read. I finished that on the plane. Um, but I don't get to, maybe I need a fancy Kindle. Maybe that's my excuse to, to start reading more. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> anything to justify <laughs> buying more stuff, right? Uh, yeah. we are Americans after all. Um, very good. That concludes our show this week. Uh, gentlemen, do you have anything else you would like to share with the fine folks of America before we conclude for this evening? Stay safe out there. Stay. Wow. That is, that is excellent. Immortal Words by Dan Miller. I will say that everyone should go to our website, don'tpanic.io, um, and get past episodes, current episodes, all the episodes, audio, video, um, on a beautiful website put together by two engineers whose name I completely forget. Um, but their efforts were not in vain. It's a great website. You should go there. Links to our social media is there as well. Be sure to follow us. And as I said, coffeeandbeer.tv slash giveaway is the form. Fill it out. Um, and all the all the rules and restrictions are also on that page if you're interested as well. So get yourself some free stickers. Free stickers. Who doesn't love stickers? You can put them on things. Um, very good. We'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode talking more technology. Um, and yeah, that's that's the the grand conclusion to this program. We thank you all for watching. We'll see you next week for an all new episode of Don't Panic. But until then, good night. Peace out.
This show is brewed fresh weekly by the Coffee and Beer Podcast Network. Get all our shows at our website, coffeeandbeer.tv.